Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog Talk Radio, backsportspage.com. Sean Palmer here. Seth's going to join in about 15 minutes. A little bit late on the road, but that's okay. You know what? Things happen, and we're here just entertaining you on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Feel free to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. Just as a reminder here, ladies and gentlemen, we you can find us at at Seth and Sean Sports or at Seth and Sean on Twitter or Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Facebook. We are on both. We have not taken many questions on either one of those mediums, but we would like to open it up again, this being the holiday season and all. This past weekend was just a little uh, divergence a little bit. Past weekend was amazing. My buddy Mike Snyder comes down from Boston. Uh, we have this whole weekend really planned from the very beginning. That I came since I came down here in March. Uh, Mike and his family are welcoming to me every single year when I go up to to Maine, in which I have such a great time when I go there, and along with Robin and Chris and a whole lot of other people, but. But Mike, Mike's family owns the cottage that I go to in Maine. So he has a wonderful wife, Nikki, who gives him some freedom, and one of them is to come and visit me. So we had this whole thing planned. And a couple of months ago, he calls me up, and he goes, we scheduled this for the Falcons game because he wanted to see Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Arena, beautiful stadium. And we we looked around for the rest of the weekend. So Saturday, Sunday was going to be taken 1 o'clock with Mercedes-Benz Falcons versus Buccaneers, which if you follow the show, and we'll talk a little bit when Seth gets on about our fantasy league, when we have Chris Godwin on our fantasy league team and now Ronald Jones, the running back and wide receiver of the Buccaneers, I'm always interested in watching a team that has lots of our players on it. So we had that on control. Then we look at the sports schedule, and University of Georgia plays Texas A&M. First time Texas A&M, the Aggies are coming to Athens. And so we started looking at tickets, and they're like $270. And my response to Mike was, you know what, this is a great game. Really like to go, but 550 for two tickets, not really going to happen. Uh, at least not me. Uh, I'm, I would love to see it. So why don't we just go out to Athens and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll either grab tickets while we're there or we'll find a bar and we'll, we'll, we'll just sit down, have a couple of drinks and watch a game and enjoy Athens for what Athens is. That seemed like an excellent plan. 
And my friend Jody, um, Jody Campbell, had suggested doing that because Jody is a big dogs fan. Go dogs. Go dogs. And uh, he said, you will feel like you were in heaven in Athens. So I said, all right, let's do that. So I ran it by Mike, and we're good to go. So fast forward to last week. Last week, I reached out to a couple of my tickets are still $180. Reach out to a couple of my friends who have other friends who have networking friends, and all of a sudden now I have tickets at $75. Woohoo! Tickets at $75. This is great. I am 100% in. And then Jody lays it on me that it is supposed to pour. <laughs> pour in Athens. I don't mean. Just a little bit of drizzle here and there. A hundred percent, one zero zero, hundred percent chance of rain. Well, that's not good. <laughs> that's just not good. And and some friends of mine at the gym had told me to talk to this guy. His name is Scott Williams. Scott Williams, as it turns out, is a bigwig at I think he's the director of corporate marketing at the SEC network, and he goes to my gym. So I, I, we, I go over to Scott. I say, hey, Scott, you know, I, I know you're a big uh, UGA guy. If you have any suggestions on where I could go to a bar, please let me know in Athens. I'd really appreciate it. And he goes, would you like to go to the game? Would I like to go to the game? Of course I'd like to go to the game. And this is before I had the, the, the $75 tickets. He's like, let me, let me get back to you. Well, Scott, as I found out, was the fullback that led the Heisman Trophy and National Championship season in 1981 for the University of Georgia. Did not know that. Big wig. So I get a text message on Friday morning. I got you. Show up at the game. I got you. So we show up at the game. We go to the SEC zone, and he is there. And Scott has furnished us with 100-level seats, Gratis, doesn't want anything for him. Uh, we get to hang out at the SEC Network, uh, the the pregame show with Lair and Tim Tebow and Paul, I can't remember his last name, Paul Feinstein, Feinberg. Oh, I'm going to have to look this up. Hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen, because it was that good. So SEC, let's look, SEC pregame. Pre-game host. Nope, that's definitely not that. SEC Network. Here we go. Nope, definitely not that. Wow, I'm really losing it here. Anyway, we were all there. <laughs> and we had a great time. And it was awesome. And then when it started to pour, which it did, it ultimately did start to pour. Scott said, you know what, guys, I have a couple of, we were on the uh, 35-yard line, 19 rows up. Great seats. Scott's amazing. He's huge, too, like 6'2". Not what you would think of a Mike Tolbert fullback, but I don't even know what fullback I would equate him to as he is bigger than any fullback I've ever seen. More of a tight end type deal. And he's like, well, I got other seats, and they're under – under the awning. Whoa. Under the awning. It is pouring, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say pouring, I mean sheets of rain. Absolutely sheets of rain. And Georgia played a great first half and an awful second half. 
And for anybody that thinks that Fromm has a Heisman Trophy in his future, eh, not going to happen. Certainly not this year. But, yeah, probably not going to happen at all, especially if he plays the way that he just did. So, overall, so we go do that. And we have such a great time. We get back to, uh, to Atlanta at around 10 o'clock. We go to a bar to watch the Islanders play the Sharks. And they won in overtime there for the 16th um, record 16-point streak, which was snapped last night. We'll talk about that in a second. And then we go to the Falcons game on Sunday. And after the Falcons game, I surprised Mike with tickets to Six Flags, right? Six Flags over Georgia. And you're like, wait, it's November. Why are amusement parks open? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I live in Georgia now. Yes, it was cold. It was about 40 degrees. But there, we were getting on every single ride. It was tremendous. I highly recommend They had the whole thing done up in Christmas lights. I highly recommend going if you are in the area. Yes, amazing stuff. We had a great weekend. I hope Mike comes back in the fall. I hope Seth and Jake come down in the fall. And maybe we hit up a couple more Georgia games. I totally get, Jody, your concept of Athens is God's country. I get it. It was such a tremendous time going out there. I can only imagine it would be better if I had better weather and a little bit of tailgating to go along with it. But you know what? You can't, beggars can't be choosers. We had a fantastic time. And Mike, come on back. You know, I would really appreciate, though, if you didn't have the 3.30 in the morning flight, uh, sorry, 5 a.m. flight, which means I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to drive you. But, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. It was a great time. And Georgia is one of those places I did not get, ladies and gentlemen, what SEC football was until I went to Athens this week. I was telling Mike, we were, we were talking during the game, and we could barely hear each other. Now, the stadium holds about 90,000 people, which may be the biggest stadium I've ever been in. That's number one. Number two, it was probably, I don't know, 80 to 85% full. The bad weather certainly did come into play. Tickets you could have gotten for $30 at game time. And this just, again, Jody had said, just go to the game. You'll find the tickets when you get there. Yes, that would have absolutely happened. We could have done that even in the rain. But we would have been soaked if not for Scott's tickets. So that's number two. Number three is the fact that we could barely hear each other. Even though it was 85% full. When that crowd got loud, you could barely hear each other, and we are next to each other. That's how loud it got. It was the loudest place I've ever been, certainly the largest place I've ever been as far as the stadium and the capacity of said stadium. It was a tremendous weekend, tremendous day, and I thank Mike for coming down. I hope other people will come and visit. And we can have similar situations. Um, I'm looking forward to, go, to making many trips while I'm here in Atlanta to various different places. And one of them is Nashville for the Islander game, which is coming up in the middle of February. Speaking of Islanders, I know this is not Seth's forte. And do, thinking that he's coming on in about five minutes, 
Uh, we, we can talk about this now because he's not going to be here. The Islanders ring off, run off, 16 straight games in which they have a point. Most ever. Now, in the 1980s, there were no overtime points. So you kind of have to say not everybody got a point when you went to overtime. So you can't say that they are consistently the same. But, man. So so my older brother and I have this conversation often as to how the Islanders do comparatively, right? How the Islanders are doing compared to everybody else. So the Islanders are 22 games played, 34 points. So out of a possible 44 points, they have 34, which is great. Until you look at the Capitals. So the Capitals have 37 points in a possible out of 50. And you would say, wait, wait, wait. The Islanders have a better percentage. Why are you saying that the Capitals are better? Well, as good as the Islanders have been, 16-4-2. That's pretty impressive. 16-4-2. 16 wins, four losses, and two overtime losses. So they get a point for those. They have been 10-2-1 at home. 6-2-1 on the road for a goal differential of 14. Then you look at the Bruins. The Bruins have played 23 games. They're 15-3-5 for a total of 35 points in 23 games. So just to put this in perspective, the Islanders, 34 points in 22 games. The Bruins, 35 points in 23 games. One more point, one more game. And the Bruins are 9-0-4 at home. They are undefeated at home and 6-3-1 on the road. A goal differential of 23. And that's all well and good. It really is. You got Edmonton at 16-7-2. And, and then you have the Blues at 14-5-6, rounding out the top. What's amazing about the Capitals and the Oilers? So the Capitals, again, 37 points in 25 games. And the and the Oilers, 35 points in 26 games, so a little bit less, is their home, home versus road. Again, Islanders 10-2-1 at home. Bruins 9-0-4 at home. Ladies and gentlemen, the Capitals are 10-2-1 on the road. 6-2-4 at home. And the Oilers are 7-2-2 at home and 9-5-1 and one on the road. So what does this mean? The Islanders have 34 Nothing. points in 22 games. Uh, 34 points in 22 games, but 13 of them have been at home. Washington is 37 points, and 13 of them have been on the road, 13 of those games. So for all the hoopla that the Islanders have been getting, and they have, and they deservingly so, Seth, when you go... 10-2-1 away from home in your first 25 games. That's insane. I don't know any other team that does that. And so we're, we were talking hockey and a little bit of Athens and Georgia while you were gone because, well, we know that hockey is not your strongest suit nor your most interest. So we thought we'd, we'd pick up on that and my weekend. And here we are with the Islanders, I am not New York anymore, but I'm interested in the type of, and I know you don't read a newspaper every day, but you probably listen to sports radio a bit. Are the Islanders getting any pulse 
in the New York area because the Rangers are 11-9-2, and, and they suck, and the Devils are 8-10-4 for 20 points. The Islanders 16-4-2. We know the Jets suck. We know the Giants suck. We know the Knicks suck. The Nets are all right. You kind of say the only real winning team has been the New York Islanders this year. Are they getting a pulse at all? You're joking, right? I'm not because no. I looked at the Nets. The Nets are 9-8. and eight. So I'm kind of wondering, the only winning team in New York right now is the Islanders. Sean, unless you're from Nassau County, nobody cares. I'm sure it's on the front page of the new of Newsday, but New York is just a sad, sad, sad sports town. I mean, there is we are when you look at the big four towns, we are right now at the way bottom. You know, the Red Sox yeah. may be struggling a bit, but the Celtics are solid, the Bruins are solid, New England is New England. The Redskins may be the worst team in sports, but you have a World Series winner and a hockey winner in your last two years, and a Stanley Cup winner in the last, you know, two years. Philly, Philly, the 76ers are are, are young and fun. The Eagles, have, the Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago. The, you know, I have no idea how the Flyers are doing because they're the Flyers and they perpetually underachieve. Um, so, and the Phillies are are have some have potential, but just in a tough division. So, what do you really list? I mean, the Knicks, New York has nothing. New York has the Bills. That's what New York has. And the Bills are generally not even considered a New York team. They're considered an upstate New York team. They're Canada. Definitely one. Yeah, they're Canada. They're Toronto's football team. They're not New York. Exactly. They're not the U.S. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's kind of sad, given the state of New York sports, that this is where they're at. And when the Islanders are the most successful team in New York, A, nobody cares outside of Long Island. But then again, you could state as much as the Bills are a Canadian team, do you consider, and I'm not sure I'm I'm talking about you, I'm talking about the collective you, do you think New Yorkers consider the Islanders a New York team? I do. Um, I just think hockey is the poor fourth sport, and the Islanders are the second team in the fourth sport that haven't been realistically relevant in 25 years. So it's, you know, I know how diehard, you know, and I'm sure if uh, Mr. Nirenberg or one of your brothers is listening to the show, he would call me and rip me a new a-ho. But the reality is unless you're from the island, nobody cares about the islanders. They just don't. I don't disagree. I think it'll take a playoff series or two or a Stanley Cup appearance for anybody to really care. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, and I know you have some 
some Los Angeles friends far more than I do. I'm wondering if the Anaheim Ducks have the same problem. They're not exactly in, in L.A. You have the Kings. And do the Anaheim Ducks get that step, stepbrother type, type deal? Like, they're not well, relevant unless they're in the playoffs. I think there's a little bit of an anomaly with the, with, with the Ducks. Number one, they won, they won a, a Stanley Cup pretty young in their existence. And number two, they were they were kind of the they were the they were the Disney team. So they kind of had this because of the, the movie. So they kind of had a little bit of a following going in. Now I don't know if it's held or not, but it's a we. It's hard to tell. I don't think of California as really a hockey state for obvious reasons. Um. But none of my friends that live out there have ever mentioned hockey, not one. And some of them are pretty big sports fans. So I think it's like the Islanders is kind of it's a niche probably within its own little bubble. Well, we're talking about L.A. Let's, move, let's keep going in L.A. So I saw one of the best articles written about sports this year on ESPN a couple of days ago. I'm not, I'm not sure you caught it. The rivalry between the Rams and the Char- and the Chargers. I did not. I'm not sure if you caught the article. Okay, you you should read I did it. Not. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And the fact that the Rams are putting up all the money for the for the facility, a hundred percent of the money. The the Chargers don't have to put up any of the money. The Chargers don't have a requisite PSL. They, don't, they have targets, but they don't have mandatory targets, which I find strange. That's weird, yeah. And you, and you have Troy Aikman consistently saying on Thursday Night Football, the San Diego Chargers. I, I, I'm wondering how many people in that 60,000-person sta- 60, stadium will come out for the Chargers in two years. They can't... They can't fill their own stadium, their 29,000-person band box, with Charger fans. I mean, they've been overrun by Steeler fans, by Green Bay fans, by just about everybody else. And there was a report a couple of weeks ago that the NFL was already looking to move the Chargers to London, to which Dean Spano <laughs> says, that's a, that's a bunch of bullshit. Right. I mean, this was a bad idea to begin with. It's become a worse well, idea over time. Well, that was the whole point. The problem was you had a metropolis that loved you. I mean, San Diego had a good fan base. Now, maybe not a fan base to the degree of Green Bay or Kansas City, but a good fan base nonetheless. Spanos. He's never been a big fan. We've known this. This wasn't the first time that he threw out this idea of moving. And I forget if it was because of the, the public funding got 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 uh, got voted down. I don't know. Remember the specifics. But you can't move. They couldn't stay within California. There was no way they were. It's pretty much. It's almost like when St. Louis moved to to the Rams. You have to almost restart it again. 
and no one is going to restart it when you have another t- another team there. So you are a you are a specifically a team without you're a team without a fan base. And so Stano sells the team, which you know is never going to happen. <coughs> you know what are you looking at? Do you really think you're this has to do with the owner? Because I don't. Would you, would you say? I think it has to do a hundred percent. I do. You really think this has to do with the owner? I think it just has to do, do with, with the, the location. No, well, they shouldn't have moved it to L.A. That's right. my point. Is you couldn't have moved okay. it within. You couldn't have moved it within the state and maintained a fan base. You can't move it to L.A. because they got the. They have the Rams. You can't move it to San Francisco. You can't move it to Oakland. I mean, can you imagine the Oakland Chargers? Mike, I mean, with 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 the Raiders moving to Vegas, can you imagine that? They no. Not one person would attend. No one. You have a top twenty metropolis down in San Diego. You can get, the, you know, you you can if you want to build out your your fan base, build into Mexico. But it was. This has been badly thought out from the beginning. It's been poorly run. And now you have a team with borderline Super Bowl talent that has absolutely no fan base. What does that do? Well, what it does is provide another tenant for the stadium, but that's about it. Great. But that's not really – that's great for Stan Kroenke. It's not, I'm not sure who else that's useful for. If you want to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. So let's talk about those San Diego Chargers, the team that I believe I had going to the Super Bowl, and you had definitely in the playoffs, maybe even more than that. I don't recall. They look done and done. I mean, do you think Rivers? Do you think Rivers is back next year? And if he is, is he back in in? I almost said San Diego, back in LA. Well, they don't have a quarterback to replace him because they've never really needed an exit strategy because he's been so good for so long, and this is the first year where you've really seen. You know, a, a decrease in, in his productivity. You look at the team, the team's got very good talent. And, you know, Anthony Lynn, was Anthony Lynn the coach of the year last year? Uh, I think if so. not, he was pretty high up. And his job now, may, now this is the scariness and the fickleness of the NFL, his job may be in jeopardy this year. Because that team has been terrible. You have Melvin Gordon, who's going to be who's going to leave, who'll be out after this year. You know, Exeter has been good for them. Keenan Allen is a solid receiver. Bosa and Ingram are really good defensive players. It's hard to believe how bad this team has been. And all right, I don't know what Rivers so, so, Rivers' contract is, so it's hard for me to gauge. Oh no, he's a free agent. After this year, he is a free agent. Unrestricted? 
Unrestricted. They can franchise and him, I but it's an unrestricted free agent. They're not going to franchise a 39-year-old quarterback who is not good this year. Because that franchise number is going to be $30 million a year. doesn't make sense. All right, so let's, play, so let's play the game. I'm going to give you a quarterback that's a free agent after this year. You tell me where this guy is going to wind up, okay? I think okay. it's a good game at this point. Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady. New England. Drew Brees. Your argument of San, your argument of San Francisco doesn't work when they're ten and one. Um, it doesn't work. Drew Brees stays wait, in New Orleans. It doesn't work when. It doesn't work when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. The whole point was he's going to get hurt. <laughs> Drew okay. Brees stays in New thing. Orleans. Drew Brees stays in New Orleans unless they win the Super Bowl and then he retires. Okay. Um, Philip Rivers. We have pause. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I don't think he's in San Diego. Well, nobody is. What did you say? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, no, where is he going to go? I don't see him in Chicago. I guess he resigns in San Diego for one year because I don't see what else is there. Uh, I assume you mean L.A., considering we've been talking about this for the last half hour. Exactly my point. I see him in San Diego. (laughs) All right. Here's the thing about Rivers, okay? The backup is Tyrod Taylor, who could be an NFL quarterback. I I have proven that before. This offense is not... Philip Rivers' offense. It's not supposed to be a Philip Rivers' offense. Ken Wisenhunt was fired. Once he was fired, right. I think this offense turned over. I think they give. Remember, if you, what are you going to pay Philip Rivers to stick around for? Well, that's it. For ten to twelve million, right? Like that's what. Yeah. So, but I didn't realize Tyrod Taylor was their backup. I can. With that, if you have that good of a backup and then you draft a quarterback, I don't think you keep Rivers. But right. I don't know where specifically he goes. I don't see him in Chicago. I don't see him in Tennessee. I don't see him in Miami or Cincinnati. Um, and what other teams? I don't really – maybe he retires. I don't see him as a backup. Well, here's the thing. If Philip Rivers comes in, in my opinion, just like yours, he's not a backup, right? He's not coming in to compete with, say, Dwayne Haskins, right? He's, right. Not, he's not doing that, okay? He's not coming in to compete with, say, Ryan. If, let's assume Cincinnati doesn't take a quarterback, which I think is a bad assumption. I think they will really? anyway. I was going to say a assume, horrible well, assumption. I understand. Well, let's assume it. That, let's assume it. Okay, let's go to Chicago, right? You got Mitch okay. Trubinsky coming back. Philip Rivers is yep. not coming in to compete with Phil Trub- with Mitch Trubinsky. He's not. No. So I don't think Rivers has like eight kids. I don't think he's moving yep. anywhere. I think they either take him on a one-year contract of like ten million dollars, 
and drafted They do the Eli Manning. Yeah. Yeah, they do the Eli Manning. Okay, Jameis Winston. Good luck with that one. I think they keep one. I think Winston ends up... I don't see him in Chicago. I don't see him in Miami or Cincy because those teams are drafting quarterbacks. Maybe Tennessee? But I don't really like that either. He's too, tur- he's too turnover prone for Vrabel. Um, his best, play- best chance to start is in Tampa. The question of whether yep. Arians would want him. Well, it's a question of whether Jason Licht Well, the other question is, it depends where Jason Licht goes. Like, is he willing to give him a five-year contract? Because Winston's not no. going to take a one-year deal. He's either Winston going to take a franchise no tag. Well, then it's a franchise tag. It, yes, he, I think Winston will have not, choices. Do you think he would be a back – well – where do you think? Where do you see Winston going? Do you see him in Chicago? I see him I, in a high octane kind of offense. What makes you think Matt Nagy isn't a high octane offense? It just hasn't been done because of Trubinsky. That's my concern. That's my theory. My theory is there are two high octane offenses that that just haven't been unleashed because of the quarterback. One is Chicago. The other is Denver. Denver, I can see. But the, the problem with Denver, the problem with Denver is, is I don't see Elway hit. I don't see Elway hitching his 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 last QB to Jameis Winston because Austin that's Winston. I El, get it. El, Elway's, Elway's got one more shot at this, in my opinion. So, no, yeah, I get I, it. I, 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 um, I just don't see him so hitching wh- that wagon. So where, so where do you see Winston then? Carolina, Carolina or Chicago, or Chicago. How about this? If Cousins struggles to end the struggles for the rest of the year, no chance, no chance. Uh, no, he's guaranteed money. I forgot. Forgot he's guaranteed. And no. And no chance Winston survives with Mike Zimmer. None. No, that's true. Bad call. Yep, no, you're right. That that would be the that would be the second worst relationship that we've talked about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's keep going. So Dak Prescott back with back with Dallas, right? Yeah, back with Dallas. So, yes. How about Teddy Bridgewater? I can see Teddy Bridgewater in Chicago. I can see him in Tennessee. If Tennessee doesn't resign Tony Hill. Because I think Bridgewater is a above average game manager. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's a smart guy and he's a leader. I think that appeals to both Rabel and Nagy. 
So I, so I actually can see him in Tennessee. Or he waits another so year until Breeze retires. Right. That's what I think. I think he waits another year until yeah. Breeze retires. I, I, I think he stays. I, I, I think I said... I think they got him for $8 million this year. They signed him for another $8 million next year. Breeze retires. He's got the job. I, I, I just think that's the way that's going to be. Okay. So we got all the quarterbacks out of the way, at least for this. Now, let's well, talk about what the hell happened. What's how that? about Cam? How about Cam? Oh. Well, I think Cam, I think Cam winds up in Chicago. Yeah, do I? I've said this a bunch. I think Cam wants either Chicago or Tampa Bay. If the shoulder's healthy, he's a bet. He's a better Jameis Winston if he's healthy. The question so why is, can is he, he ever going to be healthy again? Well, I think that's part of it, right? You have to figure that part out. Okay, so we went through these quarterbacks. The the one pro oh the one problem that we have is that while there while all these NFL teams have quarterbacks, it seems like the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show team has no quarterback. <laughs> and we just we keep are. playing musical. We just keep playing musical chairs, and we can't ever get the right chair. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something. I'm talking about a different league that I'm in, not the one that I'm in with Seth. My bench quarterback has outscored my starting quarterback, and it has not been the same guy every week, for 12 straight weeks. I have never picked the right quarterback in in this league. Not once. Not one week. Have I picked the right quarterback? That's sick. And my quarterbacks have been Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Grant Mishnow, and Nick Foles over the course of the year. And not once. Oh, and Ryan Tannehill for one year, one week. Not once have I picked the right quarterback in that league. And that, my friends, is why I am six and seven. And then you have anyway. the Seth and Sean Sports Radio League. Would you Where? like to recap this nonsense that we go through? <laughs> to put this in perspective, we've been in this league for seven years. We've been to the we've won two or three times. We've been in the finals and lost twice. I think the only year we lost, we missed the playoffs, was our first year. So we're a borderline dynasty. This year we are nine and two, or no, we're seven and four. Excuse me. Seven four. No, eight and four. We won this week. Yep. Our starting quarterbacks, our drafted quarterbacks, are Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, Mm -hmm. and Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is a two QB league. So when Roethlisberger drops, gets hurt, we pick up Mason Rudolph. We're doing fine. We're good. Andy Dalton gets benched. We we drop Andy Dalton. Matthew Stafford goes on IR, or goes gets injured. So there is not one starting quarterback to pick up. Oh, maybe we pick up Chase Daniel that last week. Well, he doesn't start. 
Then Mason Rudolph gets benched. Well, we don't have Delvin Hodges. So we won our league last week wait, with Mason wait, Rudolph. Why don't we have – wait, the better question is why don't we have Delvin Hodges? We, didn't we, because we picked him up and dropped him. Because we dropped him for Chase Daniel. <laughs> like it just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it just gets perpetually bad. We picked up Taysom Hill, who got us the one point this week, because two weeks ago we got sick of waiting for Ryan Finley to be benched, so we dropped Andy Dalton for Taysom Hill. So basically, we are going in reverse. We are trying to get the guys that we already dropped this year. And we have almost no money to do it anymore. We've spent like 70. So if you count Rudolph, run, run, Rudolph. Yeah, if you count run, Rudolph, we have picked up $135 worth of quarterbacks that do not play for us this year. And that's just on waivers. If you count the starters... And what we drafted him for, I think we got Stafford for 25, we got Roethlisberger for about 20, and we got Dalton for like 12. So that's another 65. So we have spent the equivalent of 200 of our, what, what, how many dollars do we have in our draft? We have like 260, right? 260. All right, 260 plus 200. We have figured, we have spent $200 of our 460 draft and fab dollars on quarterbacks. That's insane. And we don't have a single starter. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the, that's the better thing. We don't have a single starter. So what are we doing tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen? So here is our game plan. And you know what? If somebody from our league is listening to us, have at it. We're, we're happy that you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you're listening, great. By the way, this week, with getting one point from our team, from our quarterback, one point, ladies and gentlemen, we finished third overall in points with 172. And the only two teams that beat us were 190 and 174. My friend Mike, who we talked about earlier in the show, ladies and gentlemen, looked at my team and said, your quarterback <laughs> gave you one point, but two of your wide receivers gave you 78. Like, we won Thank with you, our Chris best Godwin wide and Jarvis Landry. Seriously, we won I with our best wideout getting four points. So this is what we're planning on doing. So now we have to get – well, now we have Andy Dalton back on – hopefully back on our team because who knows how much he's going to go for. We have $39. So our first ad is Andy Dalton for Chase Daniels. Now, remember, we spent $21 on Chase Daniel last week. <laughs> We're now dropping him and spending $21 on Andy Dalton to replace Chase Daniel. That's number one. Number two – Delvin Hodges for Taysom Hill. We spent $4 on Taysom Hill three weeks ago, and now we're dropping him for Delvin Hodges. We picked up for $4 and then dropped for, wait for it, Taysom Hill. So, 
Like, it just gets better. Then, in case we don't get either one of those, we are adding a guy named David Bloch. And I mean, his name is Bloch. B-L-O-U-G-H. Why are we picking up David Bloch? Because David Bloch is the third-string quarterback on the Detroit Lions. Why do we need the third-string quarterback? Well, the first string, Matt Stafford, got hurt after we spent $25 on him. The second string, Jeff Driscoll, who we didn't get because we bid $1 less than what he went for, is now hurt. So this unknown David Blah, who I hope nobody else has heard of in the history of fantasy football, will become our starter. And then, if that happens... I have to hope that Jeff Driscoll's arm falls off. And we can have Jeff, this guy David Blah for a dollar. And who insane. are they playing? Who are they playing the this week? Of course. They're playing the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Because, yes, so I want to give the third string quarterback to the best rush defense in the NFL. Yes, let's. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, like, Mean Machine from The Longest Yard where, where Adam Sandler comes back in the game and the offensive line says, you know what, screw it. We're just going to let him go. Because that's what David Bloss going to be looking like the whole time. This it's, is bad. And the funny, the funny thing is we're still going to make the playoffs. And if we somehow pick no. up people and win this week, we get a buy. Yeah. Which could mean in two weeks, potentially Matthew Stafford could come back. So we or have we hope. have David Blah. Or we have David Blah Blah. <laughs> Dude, if we blah, win, blah, blah. I'm telling you right now. So right now, the you get to, you get to um, sorry in our league if you win the league. You get to name the league. That's that's the rule. So we named the league going the distance again since we won it two straight years. If we win with David Blah as our quarterback, the new league name will be Blah, Blah, Blah. That's it. It'll just, it'll just be Blah, Blah, Blah. Or in honor of David Blah. Like, it's got to have Blah in it because... It's, it's like if the we name from with, Arrested Development. It's great. Yeah, seriously. If we win with David Blah, we have been the best fantasy managers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane how bad this team But the team is great. The team is good. It's a the very good, good team. It could win a title if we have a quarterback <laughs> or two. With David Blah. And even better, even better, well, I mean, look, the guys that have been, we haven't had James Conner the whole year. I mean, we've had him for a couple of games, but holy smoke. By the way, um, it says right now for um, Mr. Conner, on his local radio show, James Conner indicated it could take more time for his shoulder to heal before returning to action. This makes week 13 against the rival Browns appear unlikely. So I will tell yep. you this, and, and flat out. Look, players, when their teams have buys, 
take that extra week off? Well, James Conner, we would be happy if you took three weeks off and got healthy for our fantasy playoffs. I mean, go ahead. It would be nice. No no skin off our backs. Think of the fantasy guys. I mean, Juju Schuster did that (laughs) last year. He actually actually apologized for for not doing well in fantasy playoffs which I found to be hysterical. Um, I'd really like James Conner to take off a couple of weeks, come back healthy, and lead us to a touch. If Matt Stafford would like to do that as well, I'm happy with that so we don't have to have blah, blah. But the good thing about Matt Stafford is because it's a Thursday game, not that I think it matters, he's definitely not playing against the Bears. We know that. Right. So maybe maybe he comes back against Dallas. He's a Texas boy. So maybe he comes back against Dallas, and then he goes to Washington, which would be very nice for us. But then he plays Chicago at home. Yeah, but that's the, that, that's the title game. So if, if we're at that no, point. No, no, it's not. No, that, no, it's not. No, it's not. We that's get that's the semifinal game. That's the semifinal gotcha. game. Wait, but what's funny is, is even with no, oh, no quarterback. No. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm messing this up. So this week's Chicago. Next week would be the bye in minutes at Minnesota. Then he comes back against Tampa Bay. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Having having seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Yes, please. And then they go play at Denver again. Yes, please. Like, oh, I just want a quarterback. Well, here's the funny part. We we are favored this week with no quarterback. Well, right now we are – hold on. I want to see if we're favored even without a defensive player right now <laughs> because that would be even worse. Um, hold on. Schedule and playoff bracket. So this week, preview, we are point one point underdogs, point one, zero point one. With at, with Taysom Hill getting a projected 1.6 points, and us having oh wait I can I can change our lineup so we'll be favored. Hold on, I want to do this just so we're favored without a quarterback. So if we change Kareem Hunt to Le'Veon Bell, then Le'Veon which is logical. Kareem Hunt. Right now, no, but uh, then Kareem Hunt to Taylor Boyd. Hold on. Are we favored yet? I really want to be favored. Okay, so the matchup. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little bit of a sketchy moment here. The matchup. We are now favored by 1.8 points with 1.6 points coming from our quarterback and a defensive player empty. Yay! Yeah, and, and truth wow. be told, Seth, you, you called it. We're, we're going to be looking into different types of, of, um, of keepers next year, right? I mean, Le'Veon Bell probably not kept. Derrick Henry now on the list of possibilities along with, along with Godwin and Lockett and Connor. Like, we, have, we actually have decisions to make next year, which is good, good decisions, Even, good things to have. Yeah. I mean, we could also keep Darren Waller, but it, I don't think it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, we have – you know, we, we thank Le'Veon profusely for his service, and hopefully he can yeah, will well, us one more time. 
to uh, the glory. Well, here's the other thing. We thank Le'Veon for his service, and we might see him next year when we redraft him. But we will not be protected. That is true. So, all right, so we got nine minutes left. I want, I want to ask you, we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Uh, I'll give you a second to ruminate about this because I was thinking about it before. I'd like you to say the one thing that you're thankful for over the last year, either a person, a player, a team in general, that you're thankful for, that things that were unexpected and maybe thankful for. I'll go first so it gives you a little bit of time. Um, after God knows how many years and God knows how many players and the defection of Pajama Boy, John Tavares, I am so thankful for Barry Trotz and Lou Amarillo because <laughs> – no, I, I say it in a different way, Seth, because this is basically, without John Tavares, the exact same team that they had. I mean, they added a piece here and a piece there. But Barzell played with Tavares his last year. So it's not as if this team is so drastically different than it was with JT. But much like you have learned, and I'll say this because I won't put the Giants in this, but well, I will with George Young and Ernie Accorsi, later Jerry Reese, not so much. And you've learned with Brian Cashman, and you've learned with Lou Lamarillo, and now Ray Shero in, in the Devils, and the Nets now with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. Management means more in sports than I ever thought. Stable management, good management, Good talent. Good talent's only as good as the coaching it gets. Talent will only get you so far, and then coaching puts them in the position. And I didn't think that was altogether true until I saw an Islander team, the almost the exact same Islander team, go from misery to last year 103 points and this year a 16-game point streak, and second in, in their division. I am so th- – and, and I'm thankful for the owner, the new owners, uh, led by John Ledecky, who embraced the New York Islander fans, and instead of a money-making machine, which they will be when they get to Belmont, put good management in place, not necessarily cheap management. Okay, you're up. Well, if I'm going to be thankful for a team that I root for, or thankful for something that has made a surpri- been surprisingly enjoyable for the last year, my teams have not been very good. But you kind of mentioned a team that is gone. It's not under the radar because of who came in this year. What an enjoyment it was to watch the Nets last year. And even though I, the, the unknown players, guys, the castoffs like Din, Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, who really led this team, and D'Angelo Russell, for that matter, who really put together a team where nobody, although I thought they'd be better than most, but not only were they, did they play a really enjoyable team game, 
they seemed like they really enjoyed playing together. Sean Marks has really put, and Kenny Atkinson have done a marvelous job. And you know, it's even it's interesting watching now. Now they got they had to get rid of D'Angelo because Kyrie. You, as much as you love to keep D'Angelo, when you have Kev, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are coming in, there's nothing you can really do. And it doesn't seem like the team, for the first 12 games of the year this year, it really hasn't seemed like the team had the same chemistry because there's been so much turnover. But ironically, with Kyrie out, the last four they've won four in a row. And watching them even last night with Dinwiddie hitting the game-winning jumper with a second to go, yes, that's what I watched over the Lamar Jackson because I have a wife who watches basketball, not football. What do you want from me? But it's it's been a, it's been a really enjoyable to watch them over the last year and watch the progression, and it'll be fascinating to see how the game, how the team progresses, and you know how they deal how Marks and Atkinson deal with prosperity. That, that they've had no expectations, and even for this year, they're a bit skewed because of Durant being out. But it's been a lot. They they've been by far the most enjoyable team, and they've been the most enjoyable team for me to watch. Because as much as the Yankees have been good, watching a Yankee game in the middle of middle of July against Kansas City is just not that exciting to me under any circumstance. Yeah. So. So with that in mind, I wanted to take a minute and say thanks to Seth, say thanks to Randy Zelia and everybody that has worked on Back Sports Page and Blog Talk Radio and helping us put this show together. It is a team effort, and I have not been the best team player. I will tell you that flat out. So uh, thanks to Randy for all the hard work that he does behind the scenes in getting this done. And um, we wish you and your families a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving and the beginning of the holiday season, which is soon upon us. End of the annual year is four weeks away. Uh, Seth, let, let's, let's quickly, we got three games, three games that are uh, being happening this Thursday. Let's go through them quickly. We got about a minute left. Uh, Detroit, as we said, Detroit uh, plays Chicago. I don't think Detroit has a shot in hell in this game, even <laughs> even though they have the 12 o'clock game. Not a shot. Nowhere close. Trubinsky could show David up. Blow, David, Man. David, Blow, David Blau throws for 347 yards and four touchdowns. Detroit 37, Chicago idea. 12. Love that idea. Okay. Uh, how about the, the middle game, which is Dallas versus Buffalo, the best game of the year, the best game of the week, probably. Dallas on Thanksgiving is Dallas on Thanksgiving. Okay. And then we have Atlanta um, home against New Orleans. If that Atlanta team shows up, the one that played the Bucs, this could be a 60-5 to five game. Five is very hard to have, <laughs> but, they, but the Falcons will find a way. No reason to think anything to really, contrary. Yeah. Okay, for Seth Kamens, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsStage.com, Blog Talk Radio. Again, wishing you and your families a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Eat some turkey, watch some football, and overall, ladies and gentlemen, just relax and come back to us next Tuesday. Have a good one, everybody. Peace out.